everyone, and welcome to the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast, Episode 73. To all the new listeners, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. If it's your first time on this podcast, we talk about gaming and movie news as well as what we played or watched over the week. My name is Barry, along with my always dependable co-host. Always dependable. That's a new one. Uh, My name is Craig. What's up? And let's go ahead and get into the news, which there... Uh, I, I feel like we had the perfect storm that we record on Tuesday because also Gamescom has been happening with the Xbox. So yep. uh, first on my list is probably going to be all the Pokemon news that we got this week with Pokemon Arceus or Arceus uh, showing off its new gameplay, whether you want to fight or sneak <laughs> up on Pokemon and catch them. It seems like it's adding a lot of new stuff to the series, and I'm really excited for what Arceus is going to bring. It seems like it's a, a really new, fresh take for what Pokemon's trying to do this time around. So are you in the excited camp or are you in the I'm angry because the, it's not densely populated camp? No, I'm okay. I, I'm excited for it. I still think it looks fine. I understand people's not anger, but I guess like the, I saw the comparisons of uh, Breath of the Wild screenshots with this and how Breath of the Wild was full of like trees and all that. And this is not. Um, but I guess I'm more along the lines of as long as the gameplay is fun. I don't really care that there's not as many trees, personally. But we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, like, the only thing that has me questioning about where this game is going is they did mention in this that it's kind of like a really big prequel to everything. Like, this is when Pokemon were not nice to trainers. Like, this isn't like Pokemon living with trainers. It's very early in all of this. So with that, you know, we're used to trainer battles. Is it just going to be Pokemon battles? Because they did show off, you know, rage-induced Pokemon that attack uh, the trainer, and if they hit you, you faint, and stuff like that. And, you know, we're used to having to have to do, tra- uh, you know, battle trainers throughout our journeys and get gym badges throughout our journey. So I'm just interested to see what the direction for this game is when it comes to the story. Cause I guess like Pokemon's always just been about get eight gyms, get eight gym badges, face the elite four. You're the Pokemon champion. Woohoo. Yeah. But if this is early in that time cycle for Pokemon, if this is that early in the time cycle for Pokemon, I don't necessarily think that there's going to be gym leaders or going to be an elite four. So, you know, that's, that's really the only question I have is where the game is going to go with that, but we're getting new evolutions of Pokemon. And I think that's cool too. Yeah, I think what I thought was most interesting and what jumped out the most to me was the fact that the wild Pokemon, you can fight them or just throw a Pokeball at them, which you could in the original, but your chance of catching was usually not very good if you just got into a battle. I just like the idea of like seeing a Pokemon and just automatically like running by it and throwing a Pokeball at it as opposed to, all right, let me get in a turn, t- turn-based battle. All right, let me get its HP down to about, you know, when it's in the red, and then I'll throw my Pokeball, and then I'll hope for the best. Like, I like the idea of being able to do both. And I, I don't need... Yeah. I don't need gym battles. I really don't. Yeah, as long as it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, like, the, the, the benefit of, like, beating the Elite Four is that this, like, it was a challenge a lot, you know, as long as you didn't grind all the way or if you put limiters on yourself. Beating the Elite Four is a challenge and you come out feeling victorious from it. I just wonder where we're going to get the challenge from this game because recent Pokemon have not really challenged uh, experienced Pokemon players in any way, really. You know, we used to have Heart Gold or in, Sol- or in Gold and Silver. We had Red on Mount Ash or... or 
mountain, whatever. And he was a really tough battle. And then there were also, you know, you know, some things where Gary was also really tough when you first play Pokemon because it's the first time you ever play it for a lot of us. Yeah. So it's kind of that where is this challenge going to come from? It's the cult cultivation of all this, you know, Arceus decides to have a Pokemon battle with us and brings in all legendaries. I don't know. It's just a just a fun thing to think about. But it's, you know, it's interesting. And then with that, we also have new details on Shining diamond and brilliant pearl or uh, i think i'm mixing them around <laughs> might be backwards it, yeah brilliant diamond shining pearl i'm pretty sure is what it is they both fit for the adjectives that are following it yeah but uh it's more of what it looks to be the same what's nice is we're going to have pokemon following us wherever we go which is nice that's a nice addition to add to the mainline series we're gonna have like reworked kind of um like beauty and contest type things. And you're also going to get to customize your Pokeball where when you throw the Pokeball and like sparks come flying out, you'll be able to customize like whether it's fireworks or whether it's electricity or stuff like that. I think those are fun additions. And, you know, after seeing that, I am excited and I am glad that I got the double pack because really Gen 4 and Gen 5 were the two that I skipped in my years. And I feel like I'm jumping in, you know, here while very late at the right time for, for Diamond and Pearl. Yeah, I'm excited to try it. I don't know. Like, I want to be optimistic, so I don't know if I'll get through it all the way. But then again, I haven't gotten the whole way through a Pokemon game in a while now. So hopefully this is the one because I'm always down for more Pokemon, honestly. And it feels like we're going to get a bunch this holiday. We have this to tie us over. And then once we hit the new year, we'll have the new Pokemon to play. And it's just a whole bunch of Pokemon coming at you this this holiday. Yeah, it's not it's it's nice that we're actually getting to, you know, Game Freak is developing a new type of Pokemon thing, and then they were able to hand over the remakes over to someone else. And if this is a, and if this is a a formula that works for them, we may see more of this, where Game Freak is going to develop new experimental ways to play Pokemon, where other teams that Game Freak trusts will be able to uh, remaster the old stuff, whether it's yeah. a Let's Go Johto game, which I've been crying for for a while because <laughs> Johto's my favorite region. Or whether or not, you know, the next thing in the in the time in the time here is a remake of Gen 5. So. Yeah. Or you could just. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm i always going to until I get like a completely remastered version of Red and Blue, I'll never be 100 percent satisfied. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that that ever actually happens. Yeah, no, I think it would eventually. It's just that, you know, the uh, red, red and blue are the most kind of remastered ones that we've ever gotten so yeah. i feel like pe- yeah you know i feel like the, the problem with let's go is the fact that i've played that region so many times that i've kind of just burnt out from it yeah where um the other regions really haven't been you know redone or that many times as much as the first gen has but True. it's a classic regardless yeah uh so a bit of news that kind of came out of nowhere and was unprovoked is uh we may have a lawsuit between uh, Dr. Disrespect and Twitch brewing here. Um, I know we talked about it a long time ago when he first got the permanent ban from Twitch. Um, this came on his stream either yesterday or the day before, and it was very unprovoked. Somebody had made a donation. I don't even remember what the question was, but he kind of went off, said he had a uh, lawsuit going against Twitch. He said he Twitch made him lose out on a... Uh, I want to say he said a seven or eight figure payday um, and that, you know, he lost a lot of sponsors, obviously. 
um, and that he knows exactly why he was banned, which was a is a change from him saying for the, forever now that he never knew why he was banned. So it's an interesting thing. There's some rumors out there that this was part of Twitch getting out of his deal so that they had money to bring back Ninja and uh, Shroud from Mixer when that shut down. But again, that's just speculation. Um, but the yeah. the ongoing Twitch drama seems to never end at this point. It's a little ridiculous. Yeah, no kidding. Twitch seems to be its own world a lot of the time and has its even own little drama sphere between all of them. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just. Maybe if we get that big, maybe one day we get to join in the drama. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That'd be nice. Yeah. Over the weekend, we also, or over the week, we also had a couple more reveals. Uh, one of the smaller ones is NHL 22. Uh, we barely got to see, we got to see gameplay, but it's just them kind of skating around. I re- They didn't really go into detail what this next-gen benefits are going to be so even as someone for me you know i watched that and i went okay i don't know what i'm getting from this but all right and all we know is that austin matthews is what i believe to be the next the uh the cover for nhl 22 again they just seem to be cycling the same players now unfortunately yeah and now really all we can do is wait until they reveal something more and you know get more into detail about what this next gen stuff is going to be you know, the only thing I noticed is it looks like momentum's going to carry over a bit more and be a little bit more serious with with hockey, which is how it should be. Since it's such a fast sport. But until until I see more, I'm going to withhold any more judgment. Yeah. Do you think from the little bit that we saw that it looked any better than the previous one? Because I didn't see it. So as far as I can tell, that didn't look like actual gameplay, like gameplay we're used to is the overhead camera of being able to see everybody down on the ice, right. a bird's eye view, if you will. And that's not something we saw in this trailer. And that's a majority of how people are going to see this game, unless they're going to be changing the camera angle to more of a traditional broadcast one, like kind of like how FIFA yeah. and kind of like, yeah, how FIFA does it, because even NFL is the camera angles behind the quarterback. So, you know, really, from this point, we we just really have to see what they decide to do just because we don't know what this game looks like, because those in-game trailer things, I'm not going to judge the game based off of that, because that's not how I'm going to be playing the game. That's how I don't think anybody will be playing the game. Yeah, I have absolutely baseline zero expectation for this game. Um, My hype for NHL games has been pretty much burned at this point because of how bad they've been. Um, so I hope that I'm pleasantly surprised. It honestly wouldn't take much to surprise me at this point. Um, but you know, I always want a good NHL game. So the sooner they figure it out, the better. I just don't have the confidence that they're going to ever figure it out at this point. Maybe another company besides EA needs to come in. Maybe, I don't know if 2k is the right answer, but maybe somebody else. Yeah, we have to see. Uh, Over the weekend, we also got to look at uh, some more WWE 2K22, which is also coming out, um, but not until next year, which is a bit of a surprise. Most people were thinking October, which is when they normally come out. Looks like we're going to have to wait a bit longer than that. Um, Graphics wise, it does look like a big improvement. Um, There's some hit or misses as far as, you know, the athletes that they showed. Some looked better than others. The big thing for me, having played so much of 20 and how bad it is, was the hair in 20 was awful. And it seems that they figured out the hair problem. And, you know, they've been scanning in every wrestler to get a more accurate representation. 
Um, I know I showed you the difference between Edge and 2K20, what he looks like in the new one, and it's it's night and day. So hopefully they can make not just graphical changes, but, you know, the universe mode needs to be updated. And I think they've had enough time and have put enough effort into that. I think it'll end up being okay. But again, I'm crossing my fingers. Yeah, that's all we can really hope for is that they decide to rebound off of what 2K20 did and that the year off allowed them to develop more and, you know, bring more of a push to what uh, 2K22 could be. And like following that up, there's been news about WWE and 2K kind of in disputes about this game. And there are early reports, so there's not really much to go off of yet. But we need to see how this ends up being and whether or not, you know, this deal breaks off and somebody else is going to develop the new uh, a new WWE game after 2K22 is out. But if it ends up being a success, then I highly doubt either of them will break anything up. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of the tension came from the fact that, again, they've been working on this game for two years and the WWE has been cutting wrestlers left and right. And they're putting all this work into putting these wrestlers, making sure they look right. And then they're finding out, oh, WWE just let them go. So we got to take them out of the game now. So... I know that was part of it. I don't know if that's the whole thing, but that would be super frustrating if I'm a developer and you're working hard on getting this person looking right and then finding out on on Twitter that they got let go. So you just have to completely delete them from the game is a little crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. The other game that we also saw, and I guess one of the bigger ones, is Call of Duty Vanguard going back to World War II. Yeah. The interesting take it seems to be here is that this isn't kind of a, at least from what I can see, it doesn't look like a tragic retelling of World War II. This seems to be a somewhat original story and that I'm excited for when it comes to the campaign. The campaign has always been flashy and fun and you can always like find some enjoyment in the campaign. It's just going to be a a matter of whether or not multiplayer is going to be fun and I have a feeling what's going to happen here is that I have a feeling multiplayer has to be good uh, just because like with all the time they've put into Warzone over the past two years that it's or, you know, year that it's been released. I feel like they're, you know, all it really is going to be is when you go into Warzone and they decide to put Vanguard's guns and have their stuff going instead of Modern Warfare's, you'll end up seeing that. Uh, like the weapons change, maybe the map change, but maybe there's nothing else that really needs to happen. Uh, you know, it's still really only one map that you play on that's huge, and you know, it's frustrating to play on me personally. But you know, <laughs> Call of Duty Vanguard, I am kind of just excited for the story. I don't really have any high expectations for this game, if I'm being honest. Uh, World War Two, I find fun. I like the weapons, and I just hope that the multiplayer is actually fun. Because for me, Cold War, and you know, you've talked about it too, Craig. Cold War's multiplayer just isn't it. No. It feels like they just focused on Warzone and then they left the multiplayer to kind of rot. Yeah. Yeah, we have been talking that like I haven't played Warzone in a while now and I am done with Warzone Battle Royale Call of Duty style. Obviously, we still play a lot of Apex, but I am so ready. I've come full circle. I'm ready for a good Call of Duty multiplayer, like original multiplayer um, that I'm kind of pinning a lot of hope that it delivers. I, I we always know the single player is going to be good. I don't think they've ever really disappointed on that. I just want that good. Let me get those prestiges. Let me get the gold guns. Give me all that. Um, and there is a, a free alpha this weekend on PlayStation to try it out. So I'm excited to do that and see what it feels like. 
yeah, hopefully this Call of Duty lives up to whatever expectations people have of it. I, I do have a feeling this Call of Duty is going to sell very well, or at least as well as past Call of Duties, just because from what, what I've been hearing from friends and from the internet is that they aren't as excited for Vanguard. Like, people say, people keep saying they're burned out of World War II, like, games, but I, I, don't, I don't know how much we can really say that with Battlefield. They did do the World War II, and the game flopped. Like, they're... Yeah. It, nobody's really playing Battlefield 5. So they're now back to the modern era where, you know, Call of Duty is now heading back in time. So, yeah, I think it works out well, because if you if you're interested in the World War Two area, you're going to have this multiplayer to play. But if you're not, Warzone's still going to be there. Um, so it's, you know, obviously, I think they said there there is a new map coming out for Warzone that I think ties into Vanguard. But um, yeah, you have both options, the best of both worlds, as long as it's not as bad as Cold War. I, I don't want to ever think about Cold War again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I, I don't know if you have a bunch of Gamescom news or not, but like the one thing that caught my attention from the Xbox conference was the cloud streaming is finally coming this holiday. Um, that's yeah, to me, that is, you know, they were promoting that back when the console launched that like, hey, even if you don't have a Series X or you can't get one. If you have Game Pass, there's going to be a certain amount of games that will play the same quality, you know, on your Xbox One X as it would be on the Series X. It's just going to be streaming. So finally being able to see that in action this holiday is a uh, a good thing. I mean, I'm excited to check it out and see what it looks like, even though we both have a Series X. Like that's exciting for everybody else who couldn't get one or maybe doesn't have the money to upgrade. Yeah, I absolutely agree with having uh, like the Series X as hard as it is to get right now in this day and age. I feel like just being able to have the ability to play those games is enough for some of the Series X owners to maybe, you know, be okay with waiting a little longer until the Series X is more fully in stock. But Yeah, agreed. Until, until then, you know, we also have this stuff coming out on other platforms with the cloud gaming stuff. I already like it on my tablet. I think it works pretty well. It just... You just got to have a good internet connection, which, you know, we in the U.S. are lucky to have, but not really anywhere else, you know, is or, you know, there are other countries that do. But in the in the U.S., it does tend to have a fairly reliable internet connection. Yeah. More news on my end will be uh, a story according to Forbes, and I just thought this was funny. Uh, James McAvoy was so addicted to Elder Scrolls Oblivion that he had to burn the disc. Uh this, this is just funny to me. It's just a matter of... Uh, James McAvoy, we don't know him much as a gamer. More so like Henry Cavill, we know is a big gamer in a lot of ways. So for James McAvoy to come out and be like... And he's also the voice in a video game called 12 Minutes. So to come out uh, to come out and say, Oh, you know, I've gamed before or I've done this and that kind of thing. It kind of puts him more in the gamer's eyes as somebody who's a casual gamer. And I think that's good for him coming into the uh, role for 12 minutes here yeah it's pretty funny that he had to burn it <laughs> i don't know that i've ever been so like obsessed with a game where i was like man i'm spending way too much time i absolutely agree i never had that issue like if i played too much of a game my parents would just turn off the console yep and yep. and send me and send me away like go do your homework and it's like okay <laughs> i get it go outside so, go experience the real world <laughs> exactly yeah um and then go ahead I was going to say, what other news stories did you end up having? The only other news story I have is one that's not news, is that where is my Saints Row update? Because they promised me that it would be here and I haven't seen it yet. 
Um, Gamescom is technically still going on, so there is time. But I haven't seen anything. The Saints Row website is updated, but I haven't gotten anything, and I'm extremely upset. (laughs) (laughs) That was actually one of the things on on, on my list, too, so you crossed one off. Nice. We have Skyrim Next Gen. (laughs) Of course. Why do we need Next Gen? It's beyond me. I really don't know, like, how these Next Gen or even, like, these constant iterations of Skyrim continue to get released and bought. Like, I don't understand why people are doing it, but... I guess all power to them, I suppose. Halo Infinite is to release without co-op campaign or Forge. I know this is a big downer for a lot of people who loved Forge. Me personally, I did. And co-op campaign is something that is pretty special to a lot of people when it comes to Halo, especially couch co-op or online co-op for that matter. So to leave out, I could see leaving out Forge, but to leave out co-op campaign, I think is going to end up hurting them more than helping them. You know, you're going to have people who don't like the multiplayer, which is, again, free to play and will be released separately um, with Halo Infinite. But, you know, there's going to be people who want to just play story with their friends and be able to do that kind of thing where now they can't, at least at the time of launch of that game, they won't be able to do it. But I, I have a feeling Microsoft and 343 are under constrictions to get this game out this holiday season or else. So I guess this is their way of saying, yeah, this is how we have to do it. Yeah, it's really making me nervous again. I'm getting that feeling, the delayed feeling, because it almost seemed like it was like, all right, we're definitely not going to be ready in time. So what can we cut forge? And I mean, if they cut co-op, that to me says that like they're in some trouble on deadline time. So I guess I wouldn't be surprised if it got pushed again, even though I think that would be disastrous. Yeah, it wouldn't be good for 343. And I just believe that you know, people are so blinded by Halo because, it, you know, it is one of the most popular, you know, shooting games, if not the most popular shooting game in um, in the world right now. And the fact that, you know, somebody like me, I'm kind of burned out with Halo just because I'm tired of a delays. It should have been out last year, in my opinion. Yeah. And they wanted to delay it for an entire year to see whether or not, you know, they could fix out the kinks and that kind of thing. And. You know, we're almost at the end of August here and we still don't have a release date. So this yep. is going to be one of those things where, where more Nintendo is known for this, where they announce a game two months later, it's coming out. So there's not a lot of buildup like how it is with some of the PlayStation games and Xbox themselves have done that before. So, yeah, it's you know, uh, we, not good. Exactly. And then we also had the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer leaked last night and then was released. Uh, if you're someone who doesn't want to see the trailer, good luck trying to stay off the internet <laughs> for it. Cause it's really the only thing I'm seeing on the internet right now. And I'm going to have a bold prediction here. I'm going to go with no way home makes more money than Endgame does. I think this is going to become the highest grossing movie, uh, ever. I, I think so. At least that's a very bold prediction. Yes, um, it is. Spider-Man is for sure one of the most loved characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, I'm saying he's the. He is saying he's the, the top one. Yeah, he is the mm. most for sure. I don't know if it's with, gonna. I'll go with it gets close, but I don't think it's gonna okay. take over. That's a lot of a lot of money. Plus, we still have to factor in the people who are not gonna be comfortable still in December going to the movie theater. Um, like I think Shang Chi, which comes out in like what a week and a half or something. I don't think it's going to do well in theaters. I don't think people are ready. Spider-Man is a big enough draw to get people there. 
but you're still going to have people who are hesitant to go because that's going to be packed movie theaters sitting next to people. And I just don't think people are going to be comfortable. And that's why I don't think it's going to hit the same level. You know, you could be right. I didn't. I, you know, I really hadn't when I made that claim. I really didn't <laughs> process the fact that that's going to be happening. Yeah. But they did mention that this movie is solely going to movie theaters exclusively. There is no going to be a a Disney Plus thing for it. And I'm right. going to go with that might have to do with Sony more yeah. than Disney. Yeah. Or or, you know, Disney and Sony might just agree. You know, they saw the things that happened with uh, with Black Widow and the same thing that happens with Emma Stone and how these movies aren't making as much money because of the fact that they're being available uh, available digitally day one on these streaming platforms. So Sony and Disney might have just gone, hey, you know, we're not doing that. This movie is too big for us and it it can't be it. it, Yeah, I'm going to go with they just couldn't go with, okay, let's just put it on streaming services and see it. They're going to take the risk that there are people are going to show up for this movie. Yeah. I will say like personal preference here, like with Shang-Chi coming out very, very soon. I have always gone to every Marvel movie the first weekend. I don't always go on the first day, but I always go the first weekend and this, you know, Shang-Chi I'm super excited for, but it's one that I was like, eh, I'm not like a hundred percent fully comfortable going to the movie theaters yet. And I might wait you know, the three or four weeks until it's on digital and watch it that way. But you literally cannot do that with Spider-Man. There is no way you're going to be able to avoid spoilers for four to five weeks on Spider-Man. There's no way you're going to have to go see it in theaters. So that one for sure I will go see. Um, But I don't know if everybody's going to think that way. There, there are so many people already like diving so deep into this trailer that it's just funny and nuts to me. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we we are both hoping that they don't reveal too much in the trailer. I feel like they've already showed too much. Yeah. In the in this first trailer here. Yes. You know, we had you know, we knew that Doc Ock was coming back and we knew that other characters were going to be coming back as well into this multiverse. But just don't show anything else. Don't show any more villains. Don't show if there are going to be any more Spider-Mans. Don't. I get that this that's what this movie is all going to base around. But the scenes with like Doctor Strange and Spider-Man, I feel like you can get away with showing yeah. enough of those types of scenes to make another trailer if you wanted to and then be done. Because I, yeah. I, I want I, I want the reaction in the movie theater to got like with Endgame where um, spoilers for Endgame here. When Cat picks up Molnir, my entire theater went crazy and like I almost and I almost shed a tear. I'm pretty sure I almost <laughs> cried. I don't know why even yep. that's that's the ridiculousness of it all. Yeah. And I want that same and I want that same sort of feeling if and when Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield join Tom Holland to kind of turn the table in this yep. almost Avengers type like style movie here. Like this is I think this is the most ambitious like we're going to get. from the uh from from spider-man and hopefully this is hopefully they continue to make more with sony and marvel working together here but i just have a strong feeling that's not going to happen especially (laughs) considering the way the way sony is and the way disney is with money so yeah i honestly want this to be the only trailer until it comes out i know that won't happen and i know i could sit here and say i'm not going to watch any more trailers until it comes out but we know that's a lie I'll watch every single one. So as long as they can keep all the surprises 
away from the trailers that they show. Like you said, I, if there are, you know, the, the rumors about the other Spider-Mans, if they are there, I don't want to see them in the trailers. We already saw at least two or three villains. I don't want to see any more. Like, let's just go into this blind and have a blast. Like, this is right before Christmas. It's a perfect holiday gift for all the Marvel fans out there. So excited. Yeah, and then to wrap up our news stories here, uh, kind of with Gamescom, you know, we got Dying Light 2 trailers, so make sure you go and find them if you're interested. And we also had Forza Horizon 5 gameplay shown off with their cover edition. And you did show me this. The new Horizon 5 limited edition Xbox controller looks really good. Yeah. And apparently there's DLC built into it. No, no. And that's just kind of this extra step where it's kind of like you really had to put DLC in a controller, (laughs) that kind of thing. But, you know, I guess... At some point, it is what it is for the money, because there are people who are going to buy this controller solely for the DLC because people people and I kind of like doing it like owning as many cars as I possibly can. It's kind of like a fake dream for me where, you know, I can have this, you know, a hundred car garage and have whatever car I want at any moment. So it's I would be I, I, I would be more willing. I think I am more willing to buy this controller based on the fact that I don't have to buy the game. Like, I know you're getting, I'm assuming, like, the big expensive edition. Um, I will just download it on Game Pass. So, like, yeah, I'll give you 65 or $70 for that cool-looking controller. I probably won't even use the controller, though. I'll probably just display it because of how cool it looks. Yeah, we, we have our Elite controller, so that's not yep. something we really have to worry about. Right. So, that's going to be it for news, and we're going to go on to games played this week. Which, for me, you know, my main thing is just Madden 22. That is Madden, Madden, Madden. And, you know, if I feel like it may be a little League of Legends here, we'll see <laughs> see what happens. But what did you end up playing, Craig? So I do have some Madden as well. Um, the Diablo 2 beta, I played some 12 minutes and a whole ton more of Car Mechanic Simulator 2021. All right, so I'm just going to we'll jump into it and we'll talk about Madden now that it's been officially released and out of the trial period for Mm -hmm. EA Play and Xbox Ultimate members. Madden's Madden this year. Um, I definitely feel a little bit more burned out on Madden because last year's Madden was my first Madden in a while. And, you know, everything felt a lot fresh. Everything felt a lot newer. And now that I've bought the next year's iteration of it, it definitely seems a lot more stale and a lot of the things haven't changed or don't look any better than what they did from last year. So it, it sucks in that aspect, but you know, and we talked about everything out of franchise mode for me just kind of sucks. Mm -hmm. Uh, face of the franchise sucks. Um, ultimate team. I hate its practice with, uh, money buying sucks. Uh, superstar KO. Sorry, not for me sucks. Mm -hmm. So I just go into franchise and I try to find, I have to find my fun there, whether it's doing fantasy drafts or trying to play a a league with friends or trying to really do anything to get to have my fun in that. And with franchise mode, I've been in the menus a decent amount with this with this Madden, and I don't know why I'm just not the biggest fan of it. I don't feel like it runs very well. I feel like there's a delay between me like clicking to get to an option and the next screen or the next option option coming up. And 
it's not that these menus are overly complicated, I think, but it's I just feel like it just isn't running as well as it should be, especially for Madden and franchise mode. The the new additions it has are nice. You know, we both talked about the home field advantage or stadium uh, advantages to it, and I think they're cool. I think they add a little bit more of a dynamic to it. I still haven't seen them tone down certain things, so all we can really do is just wait for them to kind of say, hey, you know, we've toned down how it affects everybody else, just because it does feel like some stadiums are better than others. And for me and you who don't play online, I imagine online people are furious with, uh, you know, everybody's picking this stadium because it has the best um, positives and negatives to go with. So, well, what are your thoughts? This game is like, the biggest roller coaster for me right now like it's insane so the first thing when i first started it up i was like man these are obnoxiously long load times for on a series x console they should not be yeah. this long every time i turn it on i was immediately upset about that then i played the first introductory game with uh the chiefs and the the buccaneers and they beat me on the last throw and i've always had this thing with madden where I put it on one difficulty and I blow out a team. I bump it up to the next one and I get blown out and I've never been able to find that happy medium. And I was like, okay, maybe we finally found that happy medium. This is good. Even though I lost, I don't care because it was fun. So I was back up again. Yeah. And then, and then I went to uh, face the franchise and I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. So here I am back down again. I go to franchise mode and I play one game and I win on, a Hail Mary at the end of the game. So here I am back up again. Like they finally figured <laughs> they have figured it out. They have found how to make it fun for me specifically. I'm a hundred percent in. And then today I'm talking about like three hours ago, um, maybe two hours ago, I play my next game in franchise. I win the game. Um, I, I want to say it was like 35 to seven. So I'm two and zero in the season. I load back to the franchise screen. I am one in one and it says I lost six nothing. I don't what Weird. is going on? And I was like, all right, you know what? Like I was all about this game. Now I don't even want to play it. I just don't want to play it. So I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I don't know yeah. how that happens. How I literally win the game, go back to the menu and it says I lost. I, I don't something glitched out on me there and it's very weird, but I'm not going to play it again. And now I'm upset because my perfect season is gone. Um, and obviously yeah. it, it auto saves, so I'd have to start over. So I don't know. The game is like good, but frustrating to me as far as like, I don't want to say good. It's passable. It's I think gameplay wise better than last year. The stadiums are nice. They kind of remind me of picking a, uh, a legend in Apex. Your stadium is your legend mm -hmm. with your passives and all that. But uh that's a cool idea, but man, the bugs are just killing me and the load times are atrocious for a next gen game. Yeah, but that's going to be the games I played. So welcome to the Craig show here as he <laughs> talks about the beta. And yeah, I'm interested to see what you have about 12 minutes just because there are so many opinions on yeah. that. So I'm just yeah. interested to hear what yours are. Um, all right. So the Diablo 2 beta, as somebody who played a bunch of Diablo 2, that was my that was the neighborhood game when I was growing up. Everybody played Diablo 2. Um, I forgot when you're so used to playing Diablo 3, you forget about how the how bad the controls are in Diablo 2. 
And even though it looks good, you're just like, oh, my God, I forgot that you only had two attacks and your character moves really weird and it's slow and your stamina runs out super quick. And like it kind of killed my uh, incentive to want to play the game on top of the fact of the whole Blizzard thing going on already. This just kind of made the decision for me on the beta. I was like, yeah, I definitely don't need this game at all. Um, If I want Diablo, Diablo 3 is 100% the better option um, by far. Uh, Diablo 2 looks better uh, than Diablo 3, but there's no need. So I guess Diablo 4 is pretty much still a long ways off, but I'm going to say Diablo 2 is 100%. Don't even bother unless you're just so in love with that original game, I guess. Um, But yeah, it's not good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 12 minutes. I played maybe about an hour or so. I don't think it's a super long game once you figure out what you're supposed to do. It has the loop of like you're playing a certain it's it's like 10, 15 minute section over and over again until you figure out the right way. And I know there's multiple endings out there and the game is like full of star studded cast. Right. James McAvoy, William Defoe, Daisy Ridley, a whole bunch of people. Um, it's OK. It's kind of like a point and click adventure where, you know, you click where you want your guy to walk to. You have to pick stuff up and combine it with other items to make things work. Um that's fine, I guess. I'm not a huge point-and-click adventure game person. Uh, so it all comes down to the story for me. And the story, I just don't think, is that great. Um, the main character that you're playing, which is James McAvoy, voiced by James McAvoy, he's uh, such a horrible... <laughs> you can make him be such a horrible person to his wife. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's not the genre for me. And the story isn't like catching me enough to make me want to finish it i might finish it who knows but it is on game pass so if you want to try it out you can i was just not that entertained by it and i know there are people out there who think it's great and i think i read one on kotaku where they just absolutely hated it so it seems like it's very you know divisive game yeah from what i've been hearing especially from like nexalander and like other podcasts as well as the fact that the game and the the premise behind it is interesting. Like it's not actually twelve minutes; it's ten. It's ten minute segments, and then from there, like the game doesn't hold your hand at all in mm-hmm. how to how to figure out a solution, and you need to be very specific with your timing in order to get certain things that you need to do as well. Which I imagine can be kind of frustrating because if you mess up like that timing, like let's say you have a thirty second frame to do this certain thing, if you mess it up, that entire run's ruined. Yep, and I get people's frustration about that. And if that's something that if if you don't find the fun and like frustratingly uh, trying to figure out how to get around a puzzle, I have a feeling that 12 minutes could last you two hours before you get stuck and you get so furious with it that you have to stop. Yeah. And, you know, there should be a button where you can either can rewind 30 seconds to maybe redo a mistake that you did or automatically kill a run. Like, you know, just press a button and it just zaps you right back to second one of the time loop. Yeah. So maybe that's something to add there and maybe change up the game for the better. But it seems pretty divisive. It's not my type of game, like from what I know either. So I just have to see. I'm watching from the back. Yeah. Just seeing what everybody's opinions are. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know if I'll go back and actually finish it or not. Um, It was just very like. I don't know. I had figured out, I was like, all right, well, I need to do this. And then I did that and nothing really changed. And I was just kind of the point where I was like, all right, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do now. 
Um, so I guess I just have to poke around a little bit more and maybe I'll figure it out. Uh, and then the last one will give you the final update on Car Mechanic Simulator 2021. I know everybody's been waiting, you know, with bated breath on this game of the year here. Um, moral of the story, it's probably going to end up in my top 10 for the year. Um, I have like just fallen in love with the game. The game is such a steep learning curve. And I played on normal. I didn't play on hard, but man, you are like struggling for money for a while. I don't, it was probably a good 15 or so hours before I got enough money to buy a car at a junkyard for like $9,000. And then I was, you know, obviously you want to switch out the parts and then resell it to make money. And I had to like upgrade a little bit of the car go and do like six jobs to get more money then upgrade a little bit more. And I was doing that for a good probably four or five hours until I sold my <laughs> first one. But the satisfaction of buying this car for 9,000, putting about 20,000 or 15,000 in parts into it and then selling it for yeah. 90,000 is like the most satisfying experience. And now I'm at the point where I have like $200,000 and I'm going to the auctions and they're not name brand cars, but being like, I'm going to buy that uh, Nissan Skyline and, you know, I have enough money to just completely deck it out and I'm selling it for one hundred and ten thousand. It's just a, a satisfying loop for me. I know it's not going to be for everyone. Um, I don't even have an interest in being a mechanic, but like taking all the parts out and seeing how a car works for somebody like me who never really knew how is kind of cool. Um, and having that knowledge i don't think it's enough knowledge to be like i'm gonna go work on my car now i'm gonna take apart the engine and put it back together it's not like that but um <laughs> <laughs> i'm having so much fun with it it's like my go-to now um it's to the point i bought this in lawn mowing simulator at the same time and i haven't even touched lawn mowing simulator yet uh so 100 recommend even if it doesn't really seem like the game you'd be into to try it um just know that if you're really going to get into it you're looking at like 15 to 20 hours minimum probably to get into it which is a big ask all right so that's going to be it for the games that we played this week and we're going to go ahead and talk about movies and tv shows yeah. where for me i watched reminiscence on hbo max and i caught up on all of ted lasso okay How about you, craig um i finished sweet tooth and i started ted lasso so that's kind of interesting Okay. Yeah. So we'll go into Ted Lasso and then we'll go into both of the things that we watched sure. separately. Uh, Ted Lasso. And I've really, I've watched it because I've been hearing all of the hype around it with, uh, it's a much better show than I ever go. I was ever going to expect it to be, you know, and maybe it's just me and my comedy. I usually don't laugh at this type of like comedy. I guess I do find some of the stuff like funny or coincidental, uh, but I'm not like LOLing or LMAOing on the floor. Yeah. So, uh, but with Ted Lasso, the one thing I have to give it is it's excellent writing. Um, you'll, and you will see Craig, you know, in, in other episodes, there's going to be, you know, uh, the writing in it and how characters develop and how they react, I think are really genuine and really, in really good ways. Uh, it's funny how many life lessons I actually could take from Ted Lasso <laughs> and, apply it to my own life where Ted Lasso started out as an NBC gag where, you know, of 
it was, you know, of a guy who loved football in America, you know, was making fun of soccer and to make an entire show about it. It has no right being this good. Yep. But me personally, it is. And there is. And what I will say for people who watch it, yes, for whatever reason, they highlight the fact that, you know, it's a he's a soccer coach. There's not nearly as much soccer in here, I think, that people like think there is. And everything else happens like with the team, not so much you watching them play soccer on a pitch. I think like I could count the minutes on one hand, like how much time or footage is spent like on a soccer field, whether it's practice or during a game. I just uh, I really like the characters. You have to let me know who your favorite is, uh, okay. Craig. My my favorite is Roy Kent, mm-hmm. and I think you're going to love him, too. Uh, Roy Kent is just so funny. So, yeah. yeah. What did you end up thinking? Um, I think I watched. It's either I think I'm on. I think I finished episode three last night, so I'm still okay. like fairly new into it. But yeah. again, just like you, I started watching it because of everybody talking about it. Because when it first came out, I was like, I have no interest in a show about uh, a coach of a, a soccer team. I just don't. But the amount of people are like, man, you need to watch this show. It's actually really good. Um, I don't like Jason Sudeikis that much i don't think like i never found him that funny but for whatever reason man it it probably is the writing here it works and like his character is such a likable character like immediately in the first episode you're like man i like this guy a lot um he's so like genuine i guess is probably the right word um with everybody and it's hilarious um but yeah you can tell that like the stars of the show are like it's not soccer. It's, it's the characters. It's the people on the team. It's the owner. It's all those guys. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I don't can't formulate an opinion as far as favorite player on the team yet. Um, but I, they've all been pretty funny to me. Uh, but yeah, it's been a fantastic show. Yeah. Like, uh, wait till you meet Danny Rojas. I think you're really, he's, uh, he's, he's the one player that like makes me laugh just because he's, uh, like his character is just so much fun to to watch and uh, like Jamie Tart, like, you know, you have all of these conflicting things and, you know, Roy Kent, you know, the fo- soccer legend mm-hmm. and Jamie Tart is this young guy who's kind of an a-hole to everybody he meets and the dynamic between all of them and how uh, coach Ted Lasso kind of goes through building this team together, I think is really genuine and, you know, it's really smart how they go about it. And if the, you know, they come out with new episodes every Friday where, you know, when I, when I finished binging it over the past, like two, three days, I was like, dang it. I really wish I could have just watched more episodes, but every Friday, new episodes are coming out for season two and it's available, you know, on Apple TV plus. So you kind of have to get that in order to watch this. But I think there's I I think there are other good TVs on here. I believe the morning show is very good as well. Yeah. Uh, C with Jason Momoa is supposed to be pretty good as well. Uh, There's an M. Night Shyamalan thing on Apple TV plus as well. But my parents watched it. They said it was good. I never watched it. Yeah. They also have um, uh, Schmigadoo is on Apple TV, which I finished that this past week. And that is hilarious. That is uh, just a show of being stuck in a musical. And it's hilarious. Oh, I did. Yeah. I, d- I did see that trailer. I might yep. have to watch it. Then. It's very good. Very funny. Um, so there is some stuff on there. 
Um, you know, I've had Apple TV. It came when I, I think when I bought my iPhone, I think I got like a year or two free. Um, but I've, I haven't really used it. And then I finished Megadoo and I was like, well, I have it. I might as well try Ted Lasso. There's more stuff on there than I think people realize. Um, that is pretty decent. So hundred percent Ted Lasso though is fantastic. Cool. All right. So do you want to go into what you watched with sure. Sweet Tooth or, okay. So I finished Sweet Tooth. It is eight episodes long. Um, man, this is a, for a show that has no business being good, this show is also fantastic. Um, the premise, like I said last week, about hybrid kids, kids that are half animal, half uh, human, has no business being good. I know it was a graphic novel or a comic book series or something. Um, I believe Robert Downey Jr. is the executive producer on this, so he bought the rights because he liked the story. Um, he's not wrong. The story is fantastic. I get like watching that season made me feel like when I watched the first season of Walking Dead way back when. And I was like, man, I was unaware that like TV shows could have this much in them and be so good. Um, so I cannot recommend it enough. I'm I need a season two, just like Outer Banks. As soon as I finished it, I was like, all right, where's my next season? Because I need to know what's going to happen. Um yeah, it just it's not something that I think is going to catch a lot of people's eyes just because I think the trailer wasn't very good. Um, the premise okay. is the premise is not something that's going to be like, oh, I want to watch that. Um, and even like the kid, right, who's half deer when you see like the picture of him, like, I, I don't care. But he grows on you so much. It's the characters just like Ted Lasso. The characters in this are fantastic. They're well built. There's people that you're just going to absolutely despise. There's people you're going to love. I would highly recommend that everybody at least check it out and give it at least two episodes. The first episode is a lot of setup. Um, so I wasn't sure after the first episode, but man, after the second one, I was in. So everybody needs to check that out for sure. Okay. I'm you, you made me a believer. I'm probably going to watch it because <laughs> I think now um, I think Netflix changed the banner and it is Jason Momoa in this as well. Uh, no, but he has a movie that came out. On Netflix. Oh, I wonder if that's what I'm getting confused with. That might yeah. that, that might it's be called what it like is. baby okay. girl or sweet girl, I think is what it's called. Sweet girl. Yes, that is it. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what it is. Okay. So that's my bad. But yep. I'll have to I'll have to watch that and whatever Jason Momoa's in, because I have a <laughs> man crush on him. Regarding this, now we're going to talk about reminiscence. Yes. Uh the the movie led by Hugh Jackman. Uh Rebecca Ferguson's in it a lot. And I'm really sorry. Uh, Thanduine <laughs> Newton. Ooh. Uh, she looks familiar. This is the first time I'm hearing her name, but she's been in movies before. Uh, but her name, I'm, I'm really sorry that I butchered that so badly. <laughs> I'm going to say that right now. So Reminiscence is uh, uh, takes place in the in the future where Miami and is flooded with water and the and the the city has gone nocturnal. So you sleep during the day. And you do all your regular stuff at night. And where this mainly takes focus is Hugh Jackson's character, Bannister, has found a way to like replay memories and uh, almost like in a movie format where you get to feel everything that's going on in it. There are other I think other movies have done this concept as well where but he's the voice. So he has to kind of lead you to this. You know, it starts off with a an old war, uh, an old war vet without his legs. And he just wants to play catch with his dog. And it's really, really nice. It's a, it's a really heartfelt moment there. 
But the whole point of this is Hugh Jackman's character Bannister falls in love with Rebecca Ferguson's character May, and they fall in love, and May suddenly disappears one day. Uh, through circumstance of with his work with the police, because you could see where recalling memories would help the police work as well with catching criminals. Um, he gets a thread of what may used to be in her past life. And he keeps following this thread until you get, and this is what causes kind of the whole climax of the movie with, you know, what was made before meeting Bannister and everything like that. The movie kept my interest, but it is painstakingly slow. <laughs> uh, it is, uh, if I watched it because I like Hugh Jackman for the most part, I was interested in what May was, but you can kind of see, like you can kind of just guess what May was uh, before uh, before even getting to the climax. And it just it just feels like uh, Hugh Jackman's character is just like this super obsessed person with this girl. And like, I get it, you know, love makes people do crazy things. And he just keeps capturing onto this thread and that's all he has to go on. And eventually the story unravels itself. The movie was all right. Um, I thought that the ending was kind of worth it in the end. But, uh, you know, it's just, you're just kind of sitting here and you're just watching Hugh Jackman kind of grasp at straws and try to find out stuff about May. And I, I don't know. It's it's not that great. I, I don't know how well the movie's doing. If I'm looking at reviews for it, we have stuff here. Give me second i'm pretty sure on hbo max rotten tomatoes it's rated 39 percent on imdb <laughs> it's rated 5.9 out of 10 and metacritic is 46 um i'm not a critic in movies in any way um i would say maybe if i had to rate it it would be like a 70 or 60 percent uh i don't i don't know i feel like 39 is really harsh for anything <laughs> yeah. but uh i don't know the movie's two hours and 28 minutes and it is it like because it's slow, it feels long. Like I'm not gonna lie, if I had anything else better to do the weekend I was watching this, like I I wake up extremely early in the morning. If I had something else better to do, I would have done it. <laughs> if that if that's any indication about you know how slow this movie is, but I watched it anyway, and you know it was entertaining enough for me. Uh, but again, my standard for movies are kind of non-existent. I'll really watch anything. <laughs> So, you know, t take what I say with a grain of salt. And a lot of the times I find myself like easier on movies, but I do understand where a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes comes from. Yeah, the premise sounds interesting enough to me, um, but I hate the fact that we've gotten away probably within the past 10 years from people thinking that they can't make an hour and a half movie anymore. Like movies do not have to be two and a half to three hours every single one. Like I feel like, again, I haven't seen it and like maybe I'll watch it. Maybe I won't. But like if this movie was like an hour and a half, do you think you would have liked it a lot more? Yeah, I feel like they could have cut out a lot. OK, Um, with whether it was kind of pointless, like th there are there are moments where they feel like they're forced to make action to keep you interested Right. So they force the action and then go straight back into diving into people's memories and trying to trace who May was and where she went. Uh, and I feel like if a movie has to force action, then it's not really going to, you know, it's not really going to hold you in that often. 
And if the I'd say if the writing was really good, then when it's slow, it's supposed to keep you entertained and keep you engaged in it. But for me, it, it really wasn't that good. Okay. I'm kind of up in the air now on whether I should try it or not. I feel like it'd be one that might take me like two or three sittings to get through. Yeah. yeah, And you know what? Like, it's kind of weird for me just because I talked about last week how the rebuild of Evangelion series. Mm -hmm. And I get to talk about it a lot last week. But the rebuild of Evangelion series, uh, the last movie was like this thing that made me like existential. And I was thinking (laughs) about it for for days on end. And it it was a really, really, really good like movie and especially a really good climax to what this anime was. And like to watch this after it, like maybe I'm being too I, the <laughs> reviews show I'm not being too hard on it. Right. But uh, that's that's just how I feel, I guess, is the fact that I was hoping for another like really good movie out of this. And like when I look back at it, uh, I still remember more about the the Ava Evangelion movie over Reminiscence and Evangelion's now almost two weeks old in my head. Yeah. And that kind of thing. So that's that's how I feel about it. Uh, if you're into anime, Ava, see the end of Evangelion here. Uh, the movie is two hours and 35 minutes long, and Oof. it's enter- it's entertaining for literally every second. I am okay. never bored during that movie. So that's that's kind of where the difference is. But. So is that one, though? Is this going to be like a Demon Slayer for me? Am I going to like it? So the here's the thing. I would yep. I wouldn't tell people to watch this stuff unless they're really interested in getting into it. Yeah. Uh, just because there is an entire anime that's 28 episodes long. It's on Netflix. There's a movie called Evangelion that I suggest people watch. And then they should watch the, the three. No, four movies. Oh that my there are God. For, yeah, it's, it's four <laughs> movies. OK. Um, And at the end of like at the end of watching all of that and then watching the rebuild of Evangelion series like that's where I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like what they did with this was was great. But there's like a kind of a time trade here where you yeah. have to spend a lot of time watching this stuff. I was lucky enough to watch the Evangelion series early uh, in my life and still remember it. I watched the Ava, the end of Evangelion. I had watched all these movies beforehand and then finally watched this final one. So I have the benefit of that. But people. It's kind of hard to say people should put their time into any franchise like that. It's almost like with the Marvel movies, where if you want that feeling of endgame and that final climactic battle, like you're going to get your you're going to get out of it what you put in. Yeah. So you have to watch all of the Iron Man, all of the Thor movies and all of the Hulk and all of the Black Panther movie, like all of the Marvel movies to get to that point where you're emotionally like ready for whatever this movie's going to throw at you. And I feel like lately, like we had the experiences with Demon Slayer where you put in the time and the movie pays off. It's the same thing with Evangelion here. Um, I don't know. It's weird for me to be ranting about anime. uh, (laughs) It's good every once in a while, though. Yeah, but this is the this is the case for any medium, I think. And I don't think it's talked about enough where the Evangelion movies rated 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. But it doesn't nearly have as many reviewers reviewing it as Reminiscence does. So I feel like there's definitely a uh, transparency or a difference between how you kind of gauge both of these movies. But, you know, Reminiscence was a two and a half, two and a half hour movie I had no like connection to. Where the Ava series I had a connection to and I enjoyed 
all two hours and 30 minutes of it where a lot of people had the same experience with the uh, Avengers uh, movie and the Marvel movies. And I'm probably going to have the same experience with the James Bond movie because I, you know, I haven't thrown out James <laughs> Bond in a while, so I might as well throw it out there yep. now. It's still coming on sometime around the holidays for now. Yep. And I'm ready. <laughs> I'm going to be the first one in that line. <laughs> there you go. But, You're going to buy out yeah. an entire theater just to watch it by yourself. That would be cool. I, I'd be <laughs> all right with that. Like if we're talking about like buying out movie theaters, I saw a clip the other day of like somebody bought out a movie theater to play Destiny 2. Okay. On it. And like apparently what's really impressive is the sound of it, like on all those speakers, which would probably be really cool. You know, maybe one day that's something I decide to do because it does sound like um, imagine playing God of War where that yeah. snake is coming out. Like yeah. I can't imagine like a movie theater like you would probably be vibrating the other movie <laughs> like the other theaters around you at that point. So there's I don't know there's a little bit of fun and if you're looking at you can look the video up on YouTube it's that it's out there on Facebook so if you're interested make sure to look at that maybe it's an interesting fun thing for friends to do yeah but that's going to be the end of the podcast Craig thanks for letting me I guess rant a little bit there we had to go back into the anime anime. corner it's been a while yeah yeah I did (laughs) I did I jumped off the deep end there that's for sure (laughs) But uh, thank you guys for listening. We hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. If you like it, please make sure to share with your friends. We're doing video podcasts now. So if you do uh, or are interested, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast, where last week we put up kind of the the whole podcast about us playing what games we were fighting over what games we want to play in 2020. Uh, I did put out a poll that got one vote. I swear I didn't vote for it, but the one <laughs> vote we got was for me. Hey, uh, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna count it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that that I, I just it doesn't feel right. Maybe if I got like five people to vote, it would have felt a little bit better. But you know, I I looked at that and I went, no, nah, that's not fair. You know, one person voting, it's probably just a friend who you know <laughs> just goes Barry's right with everything and not just like a mutual party or anything like that. So. I mean, you, you can know, take we, that win if you want. Maybe I have a lot of anime games. I I I look at our lists of the games we got, and I just kind of look at it. And it's like, yeah, I got a lot of anime games, but like you guys got a lot of bigger games yeah. because I went with all the anime ones. You know, I'm wearing my Ken of Bridge of Spirits <laughs> T-shirt just to prove and, a point. <laughs> and I don't get to play Ken of Bridge of Spirits. Craig Craig Squared does. You yep. get to play, you know, uh, the new Call of Duty. I think yep. or. Yeah, you get to play the yep. new Call of Duty. You get to play other games. Where for me, it's kind of like I have a lot of anime, and I love it. I like anime, but you know the bigger games are what people are gonna like. I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I wish I could play Dying Light too, but we can't. I can't. You know, not allowed. Crazy. Yep, it doesn't yep. exist for you anymore. Exactly. I, I actually don't even know how I know these names of these games. <laughs> if I'm being but you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and end the podcast. Uh, just. Uh, If you want to connect with us, we have our social medias on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And with that, I think we'll see you next time. See you later.